Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, August 16th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880, Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us as uh, we continue our lap around the EPAC here. As uh, yesterday, we attempted to go to Jefferson Cougar practice. Uh, unfortunately, due to the uh, bad timing of the rain, we didn't get to uh, actually shoot the whole practice because we were out there doing our intro. And uh, it started pouring the rain. And uh, they are actually practicing on the Wildwood Middle School field on Mondays, I bl- or yeah, on Mondays, and uh, they ended up going in the gym. We got the interviews done, talked to a few re- key returning players and Coach Craig Hunter. Uh, we'll get that out by the end of the week, but we'll be back out there on Thursday to kind of watch practice, get the mic'd up segment, get some B-roll, and uh, you know see them practice on the field. Yeah, uh, you know we got to go out there and see what what we could see. Uh, obviously, we didn't see much of practice because it's indoor practice and uh you really wouldn't get much out of watching an indoor practice i know typically those were kind of just we have to get these practices into play so we're going to do indoor practice and uh they weren't usually when i played at least the best practices in terms of making progress as a team but it was something that at least we could do something uh to get that practice in so we can play uh, week one. Um, you know, the rain was pretty bad, so obviously you don't want to go out there on the field and risk injury or anything like that. So uh, it was good, though, to hear from Coach Craig Hunter and Evan Toole along with uh, Keyshawn Robinson. So um, some big parts of that Jefferson team coming back, a team that has pretty much all the pieces figured out besides who's going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, they've definitely, what? but when we talk to Coach Hunter, he kind of has a good idea of who's going to be there waiting to uh, decide after this next scrimmage this weekend. Yeah, and once they make that decision, um, they'll definitely have a pretty good uh, lineup, I think, for whoever ends up being that quarterback to have some success. So Jefferson's a team to look out for this year because of the talent returning. Uh, it's just going to come down to quarterback play, whether or not they're going to be, you know, another. 10 win team again like they were last year 10 plus wins or uh will they maybe get seven eight i think they're definitely going to be a playoff team because there's too much talent on that roster uh for them to not get at least you know six seven wins uh, but you could see them maybe see a little bit of a drop off if that quarterback play isn't to the level that they needed to be to maybe be a 10 plus win team like their goal probably is yeah, we heard that it was five we talked about yesterday. I said realistically now you'd probably be at the standpoint where it's narrowed down to three, and we got that confirmed from Coach Hunter yesterday. And as you guys already said, he said he's going to announce the uh, starter after the scrimmage this past well, week. Well, not really announce. He's going he, to talk to the He's going to decide and then go from there on who the starter is. And 
in my back of my mind, I was thinking, wouldn't you want your starter to know a little bit sooner than he's already having to get ready for school starting Monday, and then the nerves are building up with only one week of preparation, knowing that he's the starter that Friday to start off the season? I mean, he said there's kind of one one player in particular that's raised themselves above the two other players, and I think at that point, uh, you know who you are at that point, and uh, you're you know you're getting ready to go, and you're gonna put on a great show at your final scrimmage, and you're gonna get the call, you're gonna get the start and nod. I think that too. Every player is different in terms of when they would want to handle that situation, or when they would maybe want to know about being the starting quarterback. Um, I think for some guys, you know, knowing earlier could be good. Some maybe knowing just, you know, a few hours before the game might be the best way to handle it. I don't know. But also at this point, too, I think the players know probably who has taken control yeah. of that starting quarterback. I mean, we heard that from Evan Tool. Yeah, and I think the the guys competing for the job probably have an idea. So it's just going to come down to this final scrimmage, but we don't know how close it is. But it does seem like to me – uh, just hearing from Evan Toole, hearing from Keyshawn, hearing from Coach Hunter, that there has been one player that has emerged, and it's like almost his job. You just don't want to confirm it maybe to him yet so that he goes go out in the, the scrimmage and plays really well. And then that can kind of confirm it to you and still have the kid maybe thinking that he's competing, even if he's already kind of earned it uh, so far. I think that could be a, a part of the strategy for Coach Hunter. Yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully have that out by the end of the week. We're going back to their practice on Thursday to finish things up. Uh, but last night, if you were watching on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube, the premiere of EPAC All Access Episode 1 featuring the Muscleman Appleman. Uh, we caught up with coach, head coach Brian Thomas, senior quarterback Baden Hartman, and senior receiver Ray Adamas. Ray Adamas. I couldn't remember his last name. I was going to call him Adams, and I was like, that's definitely not his last name, so I wanted to close. hold it. I was close. Ray Adamas. Um, we got to go out there, see a little bit of practice, but unfortunately, again, they had lightning at their practice, couldn't go, and uh, they weren't going to do a full practice because of the weather and uh, the red alert day, I guess it was last week. It was in the upper 90s when we were out there. Uh, but uh, good mic'd up segment. We were working on some things with that. That was our first time doing it. A little, you know, not not the best. We'll we'll, we'll fully admit it, not the best uh, production wise. But uh, the other ones looking pretty good. But uh, we'll play back the interview that we had with Coach Brian Thomas uh, right now, Nick. Come out to Muscleman High School here for EPAC All Access. Spencer Puy and Colin McLaughlin. We're joined by the Muscleman Appleman head coach Brian Thomas and Coach. Here a week into camp, getting ready for the season, and uh, not a great season for you all last year. A lot of injuries, but a lot of people are back, and it uh, seems like you guys are ready to go this year. Yeah, we're, uh, we've had a really good off season. Uh, you know, just a lot of commitment from the kids, uh, you know, a lot of coming together as a team, really, really kind of working the togetherness with these guys, trying to get on the same page, trying to get them all together, which, you know, they've came together really good. Everything that we've done in the winter, kind of carried over into the spring we had a good summer and now the camp started we're starting to have a good camp a lot of young guys came out for camp here this year how is the uh, program looking as a whole in total yeah i feel really good about a roster you know we, we kind of have a unique mix because you have a 
you have a really good group of seniors, um, not a big group of seniors. We only have 10 seniors out, but, um, you know, as far as the quality of those kids, they're really big pieces of what we're doing. Uh, you know, we have some juniors that, that are out that are returning starters from last year. And then we have a really good sophomore group that was our freshman football team from last year that kind of came up and they're playing a little bit. You know, even down to our freshman level, we have a lot of good ninth graders. Um, you know, so so from the top to the bottom on the whole, you know, when you're looking at, and you know, I know we're talking about varsity mostly today, but, you know, even our JV in our freshman program we have really good numbers uh we have really good quality so i feel good about that and when you look at your schedule this year uh same as last year obviously just flip but uh you know as a team i remember you mentioned last year you like to challenge your team and uh it's going to be a challenging schedule even outside of the EPAC. yeah i mean i think i think we have one, we easily have one of the toughest schedules in the state um you know if it's not the toughest you know i definitely think it's it's top two top three uh toughest schedule in the state you know our, our epac i've said it for years uh our conference can play with anybody you know we, we play really good football um you know, everybody, shoot, I don't want to go down through the list now because I'm afraid I'll miss somebody. But, you know, everybody, you know, our Berkeley County teams and the Jefferson County teams as well, um, every coach uh, does a really good job. We play a good brand of football up here um, in the Eastern Panhandle. But, you know, then you get outside of the conference and you got Sharando, Virginia, who's a, a Virginia powerhouse. Uh, every year in and year out. Uh, Morgantown's one of the top programs in the state. Wheeling Park's one of the top programs in the state. Parkersburg, Bridgeport. I mean, they're all they're all um, potential top 10 teams. So, um, you know, we, we, we're going to have some work to do, but this, at the same time, I think, you know, playing the quality makes you a better football team. And speaking on the schedule again, you guys start off the year with four straight road games. How big of a challenge is that already looking at it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, me personally, I like home games just because, you know, you kind of get the, the the comfortability level of being at your own place and kind of going through that routine, you know. But at the same time, um, you know, playing at Spring Mills or at Martinsburg, you know, it's not like you got to travel hours and hours down the road. So, uh, you know, we play Spring Mills, play Jefferson, we play Martinsburg, we play Sharando. Those are our first four games, like you mentioned. They're not none of those are far games so you know it to me it doesn't matter if we play at home it doesn't really matter if we play there um you know every field the same dimensions the same size we're gonna line up and play the same type of football we just got to execute and, and when you you know look at the teams in the epac obviously a lot of other teams have a lot coming back but when you look at your team on paper when you bring hartman back after that injury last year and you have ray you know what could be one of the best quarterback receiver duos this year in the epac what is what was what is your outlook for your team this year I mean, we expect to be back in the playoffs. You know, we, we expect to be one of the top teams in the state. You know, we had that we had such a good run there for about five. I think we had a five-year run. We were top five in the state for, I, I believe, five consecutive years. So, you know, we, you know, the expectations are high. Um, you know, I, I, th I think we have the talent. We have the depth to win a state championship. I've thought that for years. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of competitive person that everything that I do, I feel like I'm going to win. Um, and I try to instill that in the, the kids that we have, uh, the players that we have. So, you know, we, we you know, ultimately, you know, you, you want to, you want, you don't want to get in the coach's cliche and say, yeah, you know, just one game at a time, you know, long, you know, which is true, but, you know, at the same time, I want to get back into the playoffs and, you know, we, we want to be playing football into late November. Here after you, we get to talk with uh, Ray Adamas as well as uh, Baden Hartman. Uh, just speak on their leadership. Yeah, um, you know, two two different types of players. Um, you know, both both outstanding players. You know, Baden Baden's kind of the, the the captain, the leader of everything we do. You know, he's kind of got the the keys to the castle, so to speak. You know, he he's our man. Um, you know, trust him everything he does. You know, Baden's developed um, a little bit more of a vocal role this year, where you know he, he's able to speak out, and you know it's it's really his football team. Um, you know, being the quarterback.
crypto. You know, a lot of faith in Baden. Um, you know, Ray Ray's not as vocal as Baden, um, as you know, on the field. But you know, the one thing that Ray's gotten a lot better at over the years, uh, he's grown up and he's matured, and his practice habits are really good. So you know, we're like, you know, we'll go out here and practice in a little bit, and everything that Ray does, uh, he'll go full speed and he'll give it everything he has. So you know, when the young kids see those seniors kind of leading the way and setting the example, it kind of just bleeds down uh, into your whole program. I, I've always believed that. You know, I, I believe your best players should be your hardest workers, and we've had that here. Um, and, you know, and those two guys, Baden and Ray, they kind of continue that. All right, Coach, thanks for the time. We'll be back for more. All right, that was the Mike, or that was the, excuse me, the interview segment with Coach Brian Thomas from EPAC All Access, Muscleman Appleman Edition. You can catch that on WRNR TV on YouTube whenever you like, and it'll be replaying this afternoon at 2 p.m. on TV 10, and then it'll replay tonight at around 9 o'clock after the Washington one plays. We'll be premiering the Washington Patriots one tonight uh, where we catch up with head coach Glenn Simpson, Rodrigo Delgado, and Joseph Vrobel as uh, they're moving some players around in that wing offense that they have, and then we'll have the mic'd up segment with coach Glenn Simpson. Uh, that'll be tonight, 8 p.m., replaying at 8.35 uh, and then we'll get into replaying Musselman. But uh, today we're going out to Hedgesville High School to see these Eagles practice. And uh, we, we uh, you know, we're pretty familiar with this Eagles team. So we had Coach Matt Faircloth on about uh, two, two or so months ago talking about uh, their team looking forward to this year. They're four and six last year. And uh, he kind of said his senior leadership said this year's playoffs are bust. Yeah. He did kind of. He actually did say that. I think I, I look at this Hedgesville team, and a few things stand out. Uh, the O line is back intact, which is what Coach Faircloth had mentioned. You know, they got a lot of guys coming back up front and big, strong guys as well. You know, Mike Nichols, uh, Eli Faircloth is going to move from tight end to offensive tackle, just to name a couple of their uh, big in offensive linemen. So, uh, you know, you have those pieces, and, and a team like Hedgesville obviously wants to run the football. They lose uh, Nathan Albright, who was their lead back from a year ago. I think that's a pretty big loss. Martinsburg fans will remember him uh, just yeah. for having, like, over 30 carries, I yeah, think, I remember in that, that game against Martinsburg. Uh, and really helped Hedgesville keep it close for a little bit, or at least... Wasn't it, if I remember correctly, yeah, it, it was, was pretty close until halftime. It was a close game. I think it was only 21 nothing at halftime, which isn't too bad. Or something yeah, 21 like nothing. So, you know, Hedgesville had kind of grinded it out with him. They won't have him anymore. Uh, but they do return quarterback Jackson U.S. to, in the Hedgesville offense, didn't tear it up as a QB, but a good leader, a kid that plays multiple sports. Tanner Matthews, a guy that's back. Uh, who's just a really good three-sport athlete for Hedgesville uh, that I think will see more opportunities this year. And um, those are some, some of the names back. So I think Hedgesville's a team to to look for, you know, five and five, six-win team potentially, I think it is definitely their goal is to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll emerge as a you know powerhouse quite yet. I think they still got a few years of building that program back up under head coach Matt Faircloth, but they're going to be on the verge of the playoffs like they were last year, and that's their goal. And uh, they definitely have the foundation now of showing improvement from year to year and potentially reaching the postseason this year. So I think they're a team that's going to continue to get better as they did last year as the year went on, and uh, they – they could definitely be a playoff team this year 
uh, with it, what they have coming back and I think the confidence and just what Coach Faircloth has really uh, instilled in that program. Yep, Jackson Rest coming back at the quarterback spot for Hedgesville. But the uh, point that I wanted to mention is that first point that you brought up just now, Nick, is that O-line is still intact for Hedgesville, which is why I'm really looking forward to week one, Hedgesville, Washington, which, by the way, 10 days away until we have that, guys. So get ready for football season because that first game is going to be a battle of the trenches. I think today when we go to Hedgesville, we're going to hear a lot about that offensive and defensive line being emphasized by players and head coach and Matt Faircloth, and that's very similar to the same things that we heard emphasized when we went to Washington from Glenn Simpson was he was really bragging about both his offensive and defensive lines. So week one, it'll be a battle of the trenches. Well, I think you, you mentioned week one. Last year, Hedgesville got shut out 20 to nothing. Bad taste in their mouth going into the rest of the season. I think that that motivates them this year, and it's not a shutout. They're not shut out. Yeah, I think both it'll be a very close are... game next week. I think it'll be a very good game. The way that uh, these two teams sound like—I mean, we've seen Washington practice. We'll, you know, we'll get a better idea about Hedgesville today. Uh, but a more physical game, even more than it was last year. Yeah, I mean, those are two physical teams that play very similar styles of football. So, uh, probably a low-scoring, grinded-out type of game, and a good way to kick off the EPAC season what we're hoping for and I think that's what we'll get this year because last year uh, that week one for Hedgesville while they maybe as the year went on if that would have been like week five I think those two teams would have had a great game would have been a lot more competitive uh, because Hedgesville was driving throughout that game just kind of kept shooting themselves in the foot last year yeah and that was something that they eliminated as the season went on so I think this year now that they're experienced uh, got a few wins under their belt got into the end zone a little bit more than they did the year before uh Hedgesville's now a formidable team uh and so is Washington so that should be a fun game week one hopefully this time the weather stays away and the lights stay on yes yeah that was a that was an interesting <laughs> that was an time last year that's an interesting High way to start in Charlestown our tenures on on the on the air yeah, in terms of games on EPAC football games uh so the, we just mentioned Thursday uh, August 25th, they get their season going on that Thursday night, kind of that ritual that they do every year against Washington. They start that Thursday night. We'll have that for you on TV 10 and Talk Radio WRNR against Washington. And then on Friday, September 2nd, they're at Warren County in Virginia. Friday, September 9th at East Fairmont. Friday, September 16th, they're home against Morgantown. Friday, September 23rd, they are at Martinsburg. Friday, September 30th, they're at home against Spring Mills. Friday, October 7th, they're at Musselman. I believe we'll have that one for you on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 with Martinsburg playing Riverside on the 8th. That's Saturday. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe they had to cancel the Silver Oak Academy game. If I remember when we talked to Coach Matt Faircloth, they replaced that with uh, Friendship Collegiate Academy out of Washington, D.C. They'll be there on Friday, October 21st, 10 28. They'll be at home facing Jefferson, which I do believe we have that one as well yep. with uh, with Martinsburg's bye. And then they finish out the regular season at home against Hampshire on uh, November 4th. So it's shaping up to be a pretty good season. That Morgantown game is going to be a, a team that uh, 
I think that uh, they can contend with pretty well because Morgantown trying to rebuild itself got in the playoffs last year, and uh, that should be a good one. You never know with Morgantown how they're going to be if they're going to be a eight and two team or a team that's five and five. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things about Morgantown is that it just kind of depends. I've been hearing a couple things though; they're they're trending upwards as well. Uh, but uh, we'll have a few of those games for you. But we'll be out at Hedgesville Eagles practice today. We'll have a uh, EPAC all access for you by the end of the week. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will get into some NFL topics. Uh, the Ravens' old friend could be uh, playing them week one with an injury to the Jets quarterback. We'll talk about that and more coming up next on this edition of the Sports Mix back in two minutes. Tune in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Spoonick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin hanging out with you today. As always, we'll get into the NFL segment here as uh, cutdown day is today. Uh, cutdown day number one going from 90 to 85 for teams. We'll see if any shocking cuts are made. I doubt that that doesn't usually happen in the first round of cuts. It's usually that uh, main round of cuts where you, I believe you got to go from 75 to 53. I thought it was 80. Maybe 80 to 53. That might be correct. 80 to 53. Uh, But a team that is not cutting a guy uh, at quarterback is the Jets with uh, Zach Wilson, I believe, tearing his meniscus. I believe he tore his meniscus over the weekend. Uh, Everybody thought it was like an ACL injury, but luckily it wasn't that bad. He'll miss, I believe, four to six weeks. Uh, The projected week one starter against the Baltimore Ravens is none other than Joe Flacco, the old Ravens quarterback. Nick, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it definitely adds a little bit more intrigue uh, to the Week 1 matchup. The line has moved. The Ravens are now 7-point favorites instead of 6.5. Whoa, uh, point five. Big man, moves. Disrespect to Big Joe moves. Flacco. Big moves. Joe Flacco Joe revenge Flacco. game. And supposedly he was outperforming Wilson in training camp, uh, which isn't, I guess, too hard, but... Um, yeah, you know, I'm. I would be uh, definitely intrigued by it. Obviously, I'm going to root for the Ravens, but I like seeing Flacco do well. Uh, just because obviously he won a Super Bowl for Baltimore, he's kind of the quarterback I grew up watching. So, uh, a guy that I was a big fan of and still am. Um, it'll be fun to see. Uh, didn't want Wilson to get hurt, obviously, but definitely I think adds a little bit more intrigue to this matchup. And. Um, that's all I really have to say. I think the Ravens still get the win either way, but you know you definitely have to be a little bit worried about Flacco in a revenge game, uh, returning to Baltimore, where he obviously left on good terms for the most part, but did leave in a situation where they had drafted Lamar Jackson. He had got hurt, and when he returned from his injury, he lost his job to Lamar. So I'm trying to think, is this his first revenge game? This is the first time he's been in Baltimore. Okay. I like it. Week I mean, one, 
Joe Flacco revenge game. You know what? Put it on Sunday Night Football. Give me the Jets. <laughs> Give me, the, me Jets the Jets. To cover the spread. <laughs> to cover the spread? That's fair enough. Yeah, I think the Jets could do that. Not to win. Wait, it's so is it in Baltimore, right? Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting. It'll be pretty interesting. He'll be back to Baltimore. Think he is that the first time video? he's been back to Baltimore? Yeah, as far as I know. I think he deserves a tribute video. Oh, definitely. I yeah. mean, he won a Super Bowl for the team. Yeah, yeah he was a really He did good get a massive contract and didn't really do much is on he said massive contract. He was elite at the time. Yeah. No, I don't know. He got an elite quarterback money, but he didn't really do much with that. He, he did make the playoffs one more time after that, and he had some injuries in Baltimore, um, had his ups and downs. you got to remember, too, I mean, the Ravens kind of put him in a really tough situation. They win the Super Bowl, and they say, oh, your favorite target, yeah, let's trade him to San Francisco. And Anquan Bolden. And uh, you know, Dennis Pitted had his injuries. And eventually, Torrey Smith, I think, left, too. So they really just kind of – tried to rebuild the receiving core right after winning a Super Bowl. Ravens trading their best wide receiver target. Where have we heard this one before, guys? Yeah, well, I mean, Bolden didn't want out, though. Hollywood Brown supposedly wanted out, and he's getting arrested for speeding. That's so. true. <laughs> what? Yeah, I did anyway. forget Yeah, that was that. a couple weeks ago. Uh, first batch of uh, NFL cuts are today. We kind of brought that up. The commanders have made a few moves so far. They've released some, uh, you know, some guys that are just training camp bodies, really. But they've added two guys to the IR. Uh, one guy, tight end Samus Reyes, who uh, last year I was, guy. I was hyping him up on the hype train. Uh, he tweaked a hamstring the other day, and now he goes on the IR. I think they're just trying to stash him. I think that's what this play is here. They're just trying to stash him on IR. For once, Washington's doing something smart. I mean, they did that last year, I'm pretty sure, with somebody. I think they did it with him. You're Maybe. right. I think he did come back late in the season. You might be right. <laughs> I remember them. I remember us having this exact same conversation because he had shown some flashes of some talent, and I was like, and then he got hurt with like a minor like a injury. String tight end. I'm surprised they haven't like put something that you can't put people on IR if they're not going to actually be out. Because everybody's going to get mad about it. Colin, stop hitting the table over. Sorry. There. But I guess it's been a thing now for however long, and it all teams use it. It's not like you can actually play the guy until like later in the year, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of some more stuff from Commanders Camp, uh, we talked yesterday about the fumbling problem for Antonio Gibson. Uh, that was you. Yes. <laughs> that was you just now. What? <laughs> you did it just now. All right. We talked about the fumbling issue for Antonio Gibson. Uh, and uh, Ron Rivera said, you know, he's on his he's on a short leash. Well, he's now playing punt coverage. He is now in the slot on the punt coverage, which is a new development that used to be where rookie Brian Robinson was working. Uh, what are we? What are our thoughts on this? That's not good news for Antonio Gibson. Did, Colin, didn't you buy a jersey? Yeah. <laughs> I still think he's a talented player. So I do if too. Washington decides to ship him. Uh, which could be an option, I think, because at least one or two starting running backs are bound to get hurt during the preseason. Like, it's just going to happen. So somebody's going to be looking for a running back, and I think Gibson could be a guy that maybe finds himself on a new team if Washington wants to get rid of him. I think he just needs to figure out how to stop fumbling. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't help, too, when as soon as you do fumble, you're already you know, getting benched. I mean, sometimes from a confidence perspective, it can really hurt. So, I wasn't saying it was you. You looked um, at me, though. No, I was looking at you because I was waiting to start another subject within okay. the subject. Uh, Ron Rivera, sp- 
speaks to the media this morning. Uh, this from. I'm not touching the table. What is? Are we? Is there an? What? Why are you muting? What? I don't know what's going on here. I don't know I what mean, was I going on. I mean, I could only feel it here. Like, it's only happened to us. Is there a woodpecker in here? <laughs> what is going on <laughs> here? Like, I'm not I don't touching know. the table uh, at all. But, so. and, uh, Ron Rivera says, Gibson worked with one, twos, and threes, as well as special teams. Brian Robinson did the same. Uh, Rivera says they want all running backs in use. Asked specifically about competition. Asked specifically about competition at the running back spot. He said there is comp- quote, there is competition at every position, according to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington. I'm so thrown off right now by this noise. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going on here. Well, oh, something, it's something shaking, it looks like, yeah, on your mic, because you just adjusted it and it stopped. All right, well, yes, but uh, competition at every position, Colin. Yeah, um, the noise. I'm so thrown off. I'm sorry. This is a weird I don't know what segment is going right on now here. that's going on. We'll figure it out. But I don't think it's anything with the board. I think something. Want to just like take a break and figure it out? Reason. All right. Well, we are going to step aside for a break. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a appliance store any longer. Captain Designer Bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back, and hopefully this. Uh, issue is solved i think colin's trying to work on it now we'll be back in two minutes now back to the sports mix with spencer and nick on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 Well, hopefully we're jumping around now because we've fixed everything. I think it's a good possibility that we have fixed everything. I think the equipment was what's jumping around. <laughs> I guess so. I, somebody came in here and loosened them all. I don't know. Rob, maybe Rob did that. Throws I'm, all. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I'm not going to blame it on Rob. But we're back, and uh, let's continue some NFL talk. We were talking commanders. As uh, Colin, I was posing the question to you. We're not really. I was reading the quotes from uh, Ron Rivera's presser. He was asked about competition at the running back spot. He said there is, quote, competition at every position uh, when referring to Gibson working in uh, special teams. Well, of course there's competition at every position. That's why you have the preseason and you have training camp. I mean, obviously the one that's, I guess, being specific or being focused on the most by the media is that running back spot because it's one of the – main spots that people love talking about and i know we're going to get into uh, fantasy football and that's one of the big positions in that as well when you got what five or six guys in that running back spot it's obvious that the competition's there and they're all good running backs i mean we saw it a little bit last year and it's really been a trend for Washington it seems like is trying to get to this spot that they're in now with a lot of running back competition. I mean, they used to have Darius guys at the same time they got Bryce Love. That didn't really work out. And now you got Gibson, who seems like he's falling out. But behind him is McKissick, Robinson, Patterson. So it's a great group of guys. And the way he answered that, I'm not a huge fan of. But Colin mentions the name Bryce Love, and that just brought me back. Jeez. Yeah, yeah it did bring me what back. I forgot he even existed. Exactly. 
former he, Stanford back. Mm-hmm. But he was hurt the whole time. They drafted him while he yep. was covering from an ACL injury. And I don't even remember, did he even get to play? He may, there's a slight chance he may have played in the preseason at some point, but he did, in fact, get cut. Uh, he also said in his press conference that, quote, for debate, end quote, about how much, if any, starters will play, says anybody coming off an injury is on a strict pitch count for this week's game. Uh, I don't think Carson – I think Carson Wentz showed enough the other day. Unless you want to throw him out for one drive. Yeah, you throw him out for a drive. And if, if that doesn't go well, maybe a second. But. Yeah, and if you if you can't get third down, I don't know what you do. I, I'd like to at least see one more drive because, yeah, he did all right in that first one against Carolina, but you also have to remember it took them three drives to finally score. I'd like to see a good first drive where the plays are all basically lined up ready to go the game plan is in place and it's successful to put points on the board then take them out yeah i think that's a fine approach to it but like you guys said i don't think there's any reason to really see too much more out of carson yes i mean he had a pretty good showing minus the you know a few longer passes and you know but but that's going to happen when you haven't played games in the system yeah uh, and you have your on your third system in three years. Maybe target Jahan Dotson. Like yeah, I want to see him target Dotson <laughs> and McLaurin. Yeah. All right, moving over to the Steelers. They're going to most likely be without uh, depth receiver and uh, has gotten some good chemistry with Mitch Trubisky and Anthony Miller. He's likely out for the season after sustaining a shoulder injury in practice before the team's first preseason game, That, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, Miller had showing a good showing in training camp. He, and he especially displayed good chemistry with Mitch Trubisky, with he played who he, whom with whom he played with in Chicago for three seasons. He didn't play in the preseason opener, uh, but was spotted in a brace and an immobilizer on the sideline on his arm. He is out for the year, but he could return late in the season, uh, similar to Juju Smith-Schuster's timeline last season. But he is likely done for the year. That's kind of a blow for a guy that uh, has good chemistry with the projected starting quarterback. What I was going to say was, yeah, he played in Chicago with uh, Trubisky, so obviously they know each other, as that was mentioned in the article. But in terms of big impact on the Steelers, I think their top three is already kind of set there. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and uh, rookie George Pickens will probably end up being their three best receivers. So Miller's probably looking for the fourth spot. It's an injury that impacts your team but i don't think it's a huge injury because he wasn't going to be one of your main targets anyway uh but obviously anytime you lose a a potential wide receiver i mean those guys tend to get hurt so you want to have a lot of different guys that can make plays for you so it is a big loss but it's not i guess season changing is what i would say i mean just like we just talked about with washington you like depth yeah. Same goes for running backs like we were talking about as for wide receivers. So Miller going down with a possible season-ending injury in the way that it's trending, you'll have to wait and see if there's more injuries. That would obviously hurt the wide receiver core, but I think just one battling for that fourth spot, I agree with Nick, probably won't be too big of a deal for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, I would think so as well. Uh, have you guys seen the Roquan Smith development in the story with him requesting a trade? No. I know there's a lot about how the, I guess, negotiation stopped, and I think he wanted like $20 million a year. Yeah, well, this is more on the trade side. So we know he requested a trade, and uh, he is one of 
of the few, I feel like, big known NFL players that are representing themselves. I mean, Lamar Jackson represents himself, if, if I'm correct in thinking that. Uh, but the problem is, he is under contract with the Chicago Bears. He requested a tra- Well, he's got no counsel. He's got nobody there, no agent, per se, uh, by contract representing him. So when you're under contract with a team, you can't talk to other teams. That's just tampering, right, by the NFL rules. Well, uh, I guess he's having somebody who's not an official NFL PA certified agent contacting clubs on his behalf because he can't do it because he's under contract. And I guess the, the Bears aren't helping him at all in this aspect. So he's basically being screwed over by the NFL and the NFL PA because he doesn't have he doesn't have an agent, doesn't want to give that whatever percentage of a contract to an agent. And uh, it's pretty interesting how he's getting screwed over by the NFL and the NFLPA here. I mean, I wouldn't say it's screwed over. The rules are the rules. Yeah, I know in some players' minds that it sucks that you have to give her percentage away, but you're still making millions nonetheless. So I don't fully understand why you wouldn't have an agent to uh, make those decisions for you. The rules are set in place that way. you got to follow them, and in his case, he's not getting screwed over by them. I think he's screwing over himself because of the situation that he put himself in. Yeah, it does seem like, too, some players just feel like they would better represent themselves than an agent would. I don't know if it's necessarily the the fact that they would have to pay the agent. Uh, I mean, that certainly could be a part of it for some guys but i think some guys just feel like they would represent themselves well but in this particular situation obviously you can't go out there and contact the teams doesn't seem like the bears are actively trying to trade roquan smith so he's now in a situation where he's essentially in a holdout or a hold in is what yeah. they're calling him now they're not he called holdouts really he's anywhere. in the facility yeah so he can't go anywhere and he's just kind of there playing for what he's making and not uh, in a situation that he really wants to be a part of. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Uh, final part here of this NFL segment, uh, Nick Field Yates has dropped his 10 essential rules for ESPN, or for, excuse me, for fantasy football drafts. What's the synopsis on this? You thought it was going to be something different than it was. I did. I thought it was like going to be kind of like a things you didn't already things know. you need to do for your draft maybe some settings you want to change for your league yeah but, but it's uh, just kind of like stuff if you've never played uh this is what you need to do in terms of what will help lead to success which i, I mean that's a useful article but it's not necessarily appealing to somebody like me who's a veteran fantasy football player um and i would agree with everything in that article so if you're looking to get into fantasy uh then check it out it's on espn there you go. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk MLB Nats Nose. Also, uh, preseason coaches poll comes out, the Division 2 one. We'll see where Shepard is after this two minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. 
Welcome back to the final segment of the Sports Mix for your Tuesday, August 16th. Brought to you in part by the Marist Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Philly McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Spencer DePuy, Nick Ferzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. We'll start with the Nats and O's. Uh, the Nats were uh, down yesterday, I believe it was like, Three nothing, and uh, Luke Voigt had an RBI uh, ground out, and then Yadiel Hernandez hit an RBI single that makes it two three, and it, this two run double by Nelson Cruz made it four three. Now the pitch, swinging a ground ball up the third base line, fair down the line, misses the side wall, rolls all the way into the corner. Voigt has scored, rounding third. Behind him is Yadiel Hernandez. He scores. And in the second with a career hit, number 2001, a two-out, two-run double down the left field line for Nelson Cruz to give the Nationals the lead here at the bottom of the fifth inning. Uh, they would give up that lead, though, but in the top of the sixth inning, Josiah Gray on the mound, he uh, got a strikeout for 10 strikeouts. Two balls, two strikes, two outs, tying run at second. The hold at the belt. Here's the kick and the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Slider off the outside. And Gray excitedly hopping across the foul line on his way back to the dugout. Strikeout number 10. Third time this season. Fourth time in his career. And he is fired up to do it. As the Nationals hold the lead after the top of the sixth. Unfortunately, Seiya Suzuki would tie it up at 4-4. Four to four, But in the bottom of the eighth inning, Nelson Cruz up to bat again. And he does this. Pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep left center field. Way back. It is gone. Goodbye. Makes it into the brew house. Red seats in left center field. A line shot. Home run for Nelson Cruz. Nats win 5-4. to four. C.J. Abrams makes his debut, unfortunately goes 0-4, for four, uh, but has some great defensive plays uh, in the contest. The Nats get the win. They have a game, another game tonight against the Cubbies, 7:05, 6:35 pregame right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Or excuse me, not TV 10. We cannot air it on TV 10. <laughs> so used to doing that on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740. Uh, now over to the O's. They're back in the win column, guys. They are, and a good win for the Orioles last night over Toronto, another team in that wild card race. So Tampa Bay series didn't go as planned. They won the first game against Tampa, but then lost the next two. Uh, Hopefully Baltimore is able to take the next game at least, or at least get two out of three here in Toronto uh, before returning home for what will be a tough series with the Red Sox. But before that, they have that game against the White Sox. Uh, that they got no, the Cubs. Cubs. Okay. Wrong Chicago team. <laughs> you know what it was, Colin? They we have a series coming up with the White Sox, and you and but I were talking Red about Sox, this the other day. White Sox, and that random Cubs yeah. game. Yeah. All right. So. Maybe they're a thing again. Maybe they're going to make the playoffs. Who knows? We got Why not? We I mean, got a month I and a half to, to figure this gotta, out. You just got to, as Nick said, keep winning series. That's All what right. You want to see the uh, Nationals the Nats, do, right? The, or keep losing series so they can keep that number one pick. Yeah, that'll help. But well, uh, it's a draft lottery, so is it yeah. really? Yeah, top yeah, three. We mentioned that now. Uh, MLB bottom three. It to like bottom, bottom three. Draft lottery. Top what were you going to say? I was just going to say, Josiah Gray. That's now back to back. You know, quality starts for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he had a few bad ones the last, well, I guess, mid 
mid mid July he had some bad starts, uh, but now he's starting to turn things around as the season uh, starts to come to a close. Move over to Shepherd Football as they now uh, rank or the uh, first. 2022 American Football Coaches Association Division II preseason poll comes out. Uh, Shepard ranks sixth with Ferris State, Northwest Missouri State, Valdosta State, Colorado School of the Mines, and Grand Valley State ranking the top five. Uh, Cutstown ranked 13 in this, but uh, looking good here on the preseason poll. I believe that's higher than Shepard started last season. I want to say they started like 12 or 15 range. Yeah, so starting at six is uh, definitely a lot of respect for the Rams. Um, And we'll see how this year goes. Like we've said multiple times, uh, this team has a lot of firepower coming back offensively. Best player in the country gives you a great chance to win games. So should be a fun year for Shepard again, and you want to tune in as much as you can TV10 because a lot of those games are exciting. I'm looking forward to the Shepard season. I'm looking forward to this high school season that, again, 10 days away the countdown yeah. is if you already weren't counting down time to start doing so yeah that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix we'll be out at hedgesville football practice today as we finish our start to finish our lap around the epac for epac all access tonight though on tv 10 8 p.m and wrnr tv on youtube epac all access episode two featuring the washington patriots tune into that it'll be replayed and uh, you can tune in and see the muscleman one all throughout tv 10 but that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix for colin nick i'm spencer saying so long we'll talk to you tomorrow